gentlemen, welcome back. This is the Twin Cities Carry Live Show, brought to you by Twin Cities Carry. Joining me tonight, we have AJ, Jim, and Jason the Big Dog Fellow. You know how to do it. I'm your host, Jane. Thank you all for joining us. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this easy, hot Wednesday? Good. Crazy and hot. Yeah, it's disgusting out there. You guys getting all the haze in your uh, your neck of the woods too? All the smoke from Canada? Well, yeah, we played T uh, ball in it tonight, and it was no bueno. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, I live on the top of the hill, of a hill, and uh, as I look down from the hill, you you it's just a like haze mirage. So I don't know. Hopefully the winds change. Or, you know, some rain would be nice. So, it's like every year Canada's on fire. Well, if not Canada, uh, California, California, Oregon. I guess they're like, they have like the Canada. Big, well, I mean, look, <laughs> all places that I don't like and hate freedom. So, oh, <laughs> oh all right. I figured uh, a little little uh, interpersonal BS first. Jim, have you had a chance to shoot that new rifle of yours yet? No. With uh, all the crap that I had with going out of town and stuff, um, I haven't gotten any ammo yet, and I don't have a sight on it yet. I do have magazines, but uh, still only partway there. Not having sights on a rifle has never stopped me from shooting a rifle. <laughs> well, the ammo part is really a crimp. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking to a to the owner of a local range, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, hey, it's great. Like, ammo's available again, right?" And he's like, "Well, not really. It was." And, and that's just it. This is an ammo that I hadn't previously needed, so I didn't have any of it lying around. So yeah. it's not like there was a you know supply left from something else. So I got to start over with this one. Yeah, I you don't want. I tried to shoot a rifle without a scope on it at the range, and they stopped me. <laughs> they said, you have to have sights or, a, range, or a, a scope. I was like, I know how to do this. You just point and click. Yeah, it's all possible. Yeah. It's like safety is in the mind, sights are in the eye, right? Right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, I was I was super excited to shoot that uh, 3D printed lower, so I bought a cheap upper for it. And I was like, yeah, I don't care if it is accurate. I just want to shoot three D prints and lower. So, um, yeah, they didn't stop me. That, in fact, everybody at the range was like, "That is freaking awesome! Can I shoot it?" And I was like, "Okay, well, if it blows up in your hand, I don't really know where the liability. I don't think my insurance is going to cover me on that one." So, I was talking to another instructor at the range once, and he had had a student who had taken the front sight off of his pistol, saying, "When well, I read somewhere that you shouldn't use your sights," I was like, "Well, good luck with that if you're ever in court, dude." Yeah. <laughs> As you've shot an innocent bystander, uh, I would say take the rear sight off, if anything, right? High school geometry, man. Two points to make a line. You take one of them out, you don't have a line anymore. Uh, I was never good at geography. That's about being here or there. Uh, <laughs> technically, my pistol only has one point with a red dot, so yet I'm still accurate. 
that's a different kind of site, and it's still used. I just said I needed two points. I, it's one point. One, one point. Well, I think those points are just really close together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Turn out like that. Uh, touching. Like real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We better move on. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, J- uh, Jason, I didn't include you in the text. I should have. I sent these guys a text at like five o'clock. I'm like, hey, so uh, I just learned that it's Wednesday today, and uh, I had literally just learned that it was Wednesday, so I didn't put a ton of effort into things today. Um, not shocked. I know. He's right? lying. I he sent that at three thirty. Okay, I'm sorry. It was three thirty. Been a long day. Uh, so I got a few stories. I think I want to start, though, with duty to inform. So, there was recently a woman in Ohio. She was arrested for her gun, her purse, after she is the one that called the police. Uh, A warrant woman who called the police to remove a man from her home was cited for failing to tell officers she had a gun in her purse. So once they discovered even in your own home, apparently, so Ohio, Where is this? Ohio, so jack knobs, yeah. So uh, officers arrested the man after confirming his her claim, and um, when they discovered that she had a permit to carry, they asked her. She said, "Well, yeah, I have a nine millimeter handgun. It's here in my purse," and then they arrested her for not informing them. So. I thought we'd talk a little bit about duty to inform. So, what so am I understanding correctly that unlike Minnesota, in Ohio, you have an obligation to inform law enforcement immediately upon interaction with them that you have. So it doesn't. The article doesn't go into specifics, um, and I just came across it right before the show started, and I thought it'd be a good topic to talk about. That is that is true in many states. Yeah. So. Uh, let me let me see what it says on USCCA. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Figured we'd cover what it means here in Minnesota, though, versus you know, yeah, this happened in Ohio, but most of the people that listen. Well, it's, it says Ohio has the most severe penalty for violating the duty to notify. Oh, good. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and I mean, you're in your own home, and you have to notify. Yeah, I feel one like there that. and one there and one there and one. Yeah. There. You would think that would change things, not out carrying it. Yeah, you you're don't in your need home. a permit to carry to have one in your house, right? Unless, did you say that the story was she was carrying it when she was talking with the? Lost? She was in her home. She was in her purse in her home, and they arrested her. For not there, I mean, there has to be more to this story, right? Well, like, yes. At face value, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> not to say people haven't been arrested for things that don't no, make even, sense. Even if, even if the law in Ohio is, you know, you do have that duty to inform upon any interaction, it still doesn't make sense. I mean, okay. they, I mean, it's Ohio, so she's got to be just mouthy and I mean, <laughs> right. That's how oh. you get busted when you call the cops on someone else. You're just doing dumb shit. Well, the, yeah. the, the Republicans over in Ohio are trying to get that repealed. So, what doing dumb shit? 
about they're trying to take the the uh, duty to inform. duty to tell cops about concealed weapons. They're trying to get that away. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm not finding it here, but so duty to inform is exactly what it sounds like, right? A duty to inform. Um, okay, probably shouldn't share that, but John said criminals have all the rights. Nice. <laughs> nice, John. <laughs> uh, okay, so duty to inform is just like it sounds like. You have a duty to inform. Here in Minnesota, our duty to, for, to inform is upon, uh, asking upon request so if you're asked by law enforcement in minnesota you have a duty to be honest you have to tell them the truth yes i'm carrying no i'm not you don't have to uh proactively offer that up yeah i I don't know that it's the legal definition but in my mind it's duty to inform and then duty to tell the truth we have a duty to tell the truth but you don't have to say anything until they ask yeah all right so there's specific uh code is you have a duty to inform a law enforcement officer that you're carrying a concealed firearm in Ohio. In addition, the licensee shall remain in the vehicle and keep his, well, I should say his or hers, but it says his hands in plain sight at all times and have no contact with the firearm. Duh. Yeah, I have a so, gun here. You want to see I mean, it? Based on reading that, unless the purse was over her shoulder, it still doesn't make sense. But, but she was also the one that called the cops. Yep. He called them to her house to have the man removed. And then dispatch told the officer, hey, she's a permit to carry holder. And uh, the mm-hmm. officer asked her about it and said, yeah, I have a gun right here. <laughs> and then when then when asked about it, the woman said, I really don't know much about the classes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I read that. Like, <laughs> so, so, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying she was right. I'm also saying the cop's kind of a jack. Well, I'm assuming that their duty, the the duty to uh, inform is at all times, not even just at the house. Yeah, it's not in the car or public. It's just you must inform an officer when you're in contact with them, no matter what. Yeah. The law did say say carrying, so if she's not, you know, physically attached to the person at the time, you know, you're in this room, the person's in the next room. Would that still apply? I mean, we're getting we're getting into gray here. Uh, and I'm trying to find it in Ohio code, but it's not happening. So, needless to say, there's some there's some parts of it missing. My intent Clearly. my intent wasn't to dissect the crap out of this story. It was well, literally to talk about. Yeah, well, thanks. Have you met us? Ugh, if you would have taken more than 25 minutes to set. I mean, let's get into it. What was she wearing? I mean. 25 sec, 25 minutes, try 25 seconds. Like, we'll see if we can find this lady on Facebook quick. Um, <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna do that. Oh, Anyways, right. I wanted to talk about duty to inform in Minnesota. Good lord, what <laughs> can we just talk about that? All right, I figured we'd hit a professional and a personal opinion. Um, I don't know. You guys care to share your if you've had any interactions with law enforcement while carrying, and if you've had a duty to inform. Y'all don't have to. I'll gladly share. I tell everybody in every class about my numerous interactions with law enforcement. I make a lot of. I've had plenty while carrying, but never in a state that had a duty to inform. Yeah, 
I I was uh, I was working a private security detail, and we were excited about it, uh, and so we were getting ready, and this was somewhere in uh, Upper St. Paul, and me and my partner, my partner and I got out, got into the back of my trunk, not into the trunk, but we went in there, grabbed our guns and our holsters, and put them on our backs, and got back in the car. 25 seconds later, there's about 10 cop cars around us. <laughs> on, and we're like, what's going on here? Uh, we got pulled out of the car. They took our, our guns out uh, and unloaded them and everything. And then they finally asked us what we were doing. You know, we were saying, well, we're, we're, we're here doing a, uh, a protection detail that we didn't want the bad guy to know that we were here, but thanks. Um, yeah, thanks for that. So it's for me, it's been both ways. One, the cops... You know the cops have been like great i always inform whenever i'm carrying i don't care i will submit that information i will say here you go i think it makes you look really good when you give them your card um most times they're just like great where is it and i tell them they're like great don't reach for it uh, yeah but there have been times when i've been pulled out of the car they've confiscated it for the the time being and then they uh the the, the weirdest was the officer went to my back passenger side and put my gun and magazine in there, unloaded, and said, don't grab it until I leave. And then he leaves before me. And then I had to go and get my gun and do the same thing, get out of my car, put it in my holster, put it on yeah. my back. <laughs> so, I, you know, that sounds like a failure on his part because he left a hazard on the side of the road with you having to walk around your car like that. He did, but it was a fight I didn't care about. Well, and, and, and you know, we've talked about that in class a lot, too. You know, Technically, they're not allowed to disarm you like that. That's not the place to have the fight. You, you know, we're all in the same boat. We're going to let them even though we know it's wrong, and if something ends up going to court, fine, we'll fight it then. But arguing on the side of the road with a police officer is right. not really a wise idea. It's not the place to have the argument. So Ryan uh, says... He's had a few police officer uh, police encounters while clear, carrying once when he was fishing down on by the river at night, and uh, he lets them know they don't even care. Um, another friend of mine recently had an interaction. Uh, first thing he said when they came up was like, "Hey, I am carrying. Give him the ID, just like we recommend. Right, passively inform him." Interaction went fine and uh, had no issues. Uh, I've been pulled over in another state. Uh, the the state trooper of that state pulled me out of the vehicle, uh, disarmed me, and uh, yes, similar. He actually removed the slide from my gun, broke it down, pulled the magazine, <laughs> removed the slide, threw it all in the uh, passenger seat, and then passenger front seat, and then um, whatever. We searched the vehicle because. I might have been a bit of a jackass to him. Um, you? I know, right? Wow. So, uh, whatever. You know, I didn't argue. I was like, much like Jim said, I'm like, well, it's another state. Um, I don't want to be held up for multiple hours at a time. And, uh, you know, search the car. I don't care. If you're wasting your time. So, I'm still going to be a jackass about it. But, um, yeah. So. <laughs> you find anything, Richard? <laughs> no, no, you freaking didn't. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, uh, I, it all depends on the situation. Um, I've been pulled over on the way to work in the morning because my, you know, tail light was out, and um, 
Well, I didn't bother telling him. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I know the taillight's out. It's 5 in the morning. Like, there, there's nothing open. What do you want me to do? So. That's how they catch the big criminals by them taillights, bro. <laughs> uh, the big <laughs> because, of, you know, my taillight's out. Oh, there's Ed Gein wearing right? a mask. So there is one piece of advice I do live by, and that is don't break the law while breaking the law. My, my dad says if you're going to break a law, just break one. Yep. Don't break the law while breaking the law. <laughs> that's how you get yourself in more trouble. So, Or that's how you get caught. So, yeah. I don't know. You know, just I thought it would be good to touch on duty to carry, you know, as we as – we, or duty to carry, duty, duty to inform. Uh, you know, I don't think Jason's wrong in any way, shape, or form by by noting – informing at each point. Like, I don't know if I can get on board with that. I've never had a problem lighting off illegal explosives and prostituting at the same time. I've never had an issue with that. In fact, the third time I was... Wait, 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 wait. At the you, same time. Are you prostituting yourself? Because the way you said that... I You're know. asking too many questions. <laughs> he didn't make a lot of money that night. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why he started a firearms company. I guess it depends on... <laughs> Which laws, maybe. <laughs> I've had my share of uh, interaction with law enforcement, but really only one time since I've had a permit, and it was one of those national nights out, and I had been at the range qualifying students. I was open carrying, stopped at the neighbor's house who was hosting everything. The police show up, and you know I'm walking around the driveway of this house with a gun on my hip, and he's like, hey, man, how you doing? Couldn't have cared less. No. I actually had a really good conversation about a uh, guns on the side of a county road in the middle of nowhere at like two in the morning with a cop. Uh, <laughs> he actually had somebody else pulled over, and so I had moved. You know, it's a two lane road, and so I had moved to completely to the other side. And well, really? he decided in the moment that I had moved too far over. <laughs> I'm <You're> drunk <laughs> and pulled me over because apparently he was done with the last guy, and you know. It was very obvious up front that I, I was like, "Hey, man, I was just moving over for you. I don't know why you pulled me over." And anyways, we got to talking, and I, I was actually on my way to go hunting, and so I had, I don't know, four or five rifles in the back, and I was carrying, you know. So, anyways, we ended up having a really interesting conversation about everything back there. Maybe he was just, you know, pinging me for more info on what's in the vehicle, but I don't know. I, I took away from it actually a really good interaction. It was. We compared oh. pistols and one of my favorite interactions. <laughs> is like you know? One of my favorite interaction stories is yours as you're walking into the Edina, you know, City Hall uh, chambers with an armload of uh, rifles under your arm, and the cops like, well, what, "What's going on here? What's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get out of his car. He yelled he at from his window. What are you guys doing? Okay, see ya. He did. And actually, because he stopped, I stopped and dropped one. He actually, you know, because I had armfuls, he ended up picking the one up. And yeah. <laughs> and actually, I got his contact info, and there was a good conversation about, you know, sometimes they have to confiscate guns or, or people are trying to donate guns because they don't want them for whatever reason. They don't always know what to do with them. So it was, that was a great interaction. Fair enough. I have I've... I've only had the one negative interaction, and to be fair, I was traveling through that state at an insanely high rate of speed, so it was fair to pull me over. 67? Sure, yeah, that's what I'm going to say on the internet. 67, 
Yep. Insanely high rate of speed. So, um, no, it's it's yeah, 60, 67, 67 was a fraction of his speed, yes. <laughs> well, we weren't triple digits, so at least we got that going for us. Uh, I had that going for me. All right. A little bit more in-depth here. Uh, stumbled across this. I've kind of, like, checked out of the main news media and even, you know, gun-related news media for the last few weeks. Um, just needed a break. But, uh, so, some people may remember we talked about it. The New York State Rifle and Pistol Association uh, has suit against the... I believe it's the superintendent of police in the state of New York. Um, specifically, they are... New York's a... Of course the link's not working. Why would the link work when I need it to work? <laughs> they are a... Uh, New York is a May-issue state, and uh, they denied these gentlemen a permit on grounds that they didn't have a justifiable enough... Um, reason to have a permit. So they brought suit and uh, recently there there was uh, amicus briefs, which are friends of the court's brief, court briefs in which anybody can create a letter and submit it to the court, you know, in, in support of or in defense of uh, specific items. So this one, there were, there was a coalition of 26 Republican attorney generals, uh, submitted a filing. Ted Cruz led a brief co-signed by 24 GOP senators and then a brief signed by 170 Republican House members, um, all in support, including the uh, New York rep Claudia Tini, who I'm guessing is not New York City's rep because I don't think that that would be a GOP rep. Um, but in their brief, the Republicans say that New York's rule transforms a fundamental right guaranteed to the people into a special privilege to be enjoyed by only an elite few deemed worthy by a government official exercising unbridled discretion. Jim, I think you have a good way of putting it when, when we talk about uh, shall uh, may issue states. Yeah, I, I keep going back to that same student I had a few years ago who lived in California at the time, but his parents still lived here, so he maintained a Minnesota permit. And he was telling the story. He lived somewhere in the San Francisco area, but I couldn't tell you what county specifically, even if, if I wanted to. I didn't know which, which one it was. But he had inquired when he moved there as to whether he would be able to get a permit to carry in that county, just like Minnesota it's handled at the county level in, in California. And the sheriff in that county had a policy in place where he really only gave them out to members of his sheriff's posse, and when our student inquired the uh, admission process to getting into that was a minimum $5,000 donation. Which, yeah. I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, but that donation. kind of sounds like a bribe to me. It's a donation. No. Charitable contribution. Right. Is the sheriff a 5013? <laughs> no, but he knows the guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, so this case I feel like this is one of those forgiveness over permission kind of scenarios, right? right? <laughs> well, hey, when you're law, when you're the law, you make the laws. Um, all right. I am the law. 
So this is the first major gun rights case that the uh, Supreme, uh, Supreme Court is going to hear in, in over a decade. Um, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association did bring suit uh, last year, but the New York pulled that law back and, you know, had the case dismissed. Um, so the last one was really District of Columbia v. Heller, or the Heller case, um, which affirmed that U.S. citizens did indeed have a right to possess firearms or guns in their home under the Second Amendment for self-defense. Uh, however, you know, the Supreme Court has not made a ruling outside of the home, so that's why we have this hodgepodge of of laws and rules, right? May issue, shall issue, constitutional carry. Um, that's you know part of the reason we'd all like to see a, a national reciprocity law. So, you know, my permit is good everywhere as long as I follow their rules. Or better yet, a ruling that says, no, these this is what it is for everybody because, you know, 14th Amendment. Um, so this could chase this case has the potential to change that and maybe bring everybody to a shell issue uh, point. Um, the the court has somewhat limited the scope of their decision uh, to very specifically um, did the state violate their the applicants. Um, how, how's it worded here? Jesus. Whether the state's denial of the petitioner's applications for concealed carry licenses for self-defense violated the amendment. So it has the potential to affect may issue or shall issue. And again, shall issue is what it sounds like, right? You shall. May is, eh, you know, what are you going to do for me? Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Um, you know, these are, we're, we're, we're early on. We're not going to see real court hearings, uh, proceedings until fall time. Uh, at which point, you know, it, it's likely to be a very closely followed uh, case on both sides, right? I mean, I, I like to say, it, the court doesn't take on a case that they don't see a problem with the current ruling or the current decision, right? They're, they're looking at things they're going to overturn. They're looking at things where they think there is a perceived issue. They're taking of this case is a good indication that maybe they they see they see an issue with how this is applied from state to state. What are you guys' thoughts? Yes. Well, I mean, you you, you touched on a lot of different parts. I mean, you can back yeah. up and talk about Heller too, and uh, fundamental thing that was just because the laws in Washington D.C. at that point had been so draconian. I mean, you were not allowed to own firearms correct. if you lived in Washington D.C. I mean, how can that not be a violation of the Constitution? But it took the Supreme Court to, to get that changed. But then, uh, yeah, that, that whole idea of the Supreme Court finally taking something up, too, it wasn't until that most uh, recent justice, Amy, Amy whatever. Coney can, Barrett. Amy Coney Amy Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett. I need to like get a post-it and just put that on my laptop or something because I just keep coming up with Sasha Baron Cohen and I can't ever remember Sasha her name. Right? And uh, you yeah, like the until, guns, yeah. Until she joined the court, we really didn't feel like we had a five-to-four majority because you know Roberts, as the chief justice, was supposedly a conservative appointee, but he has been definitely much more middle of the road. So there was there was a, a lapse there where the Supreme Court wasn't really taking up these gun issues because, as you say. If they think they're going to uphold whatever it is, they're not going to bother wasting their time. Yeah. 
Uh, so, okay, quick, quick aside. Saw a great meme today, and it was, um, who do you think they're more, or what, what Barrett do you think they're more afraid of? And it was a picture of Amy Coney Barrett, and then the, uh, Barrett rifle. So, I thought, I thought it was a great meme. Guess you had to be there. Yeah, you did. You did. And you weren't there, so you missed out. <laughs> I can find it. I can I can derail this whole show to find that meme, okay? We're there. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. I certainly hope it goes our, the, the way we'd all like it to see. I think there was a lot of people that thought that this case might, might have the poten- potential to um, move us to permitless carry um but again with the way the court has worded it they're really limiting their whatever their decision may be to um to basically to a shell issue may issue um and i mean they could even their decision could come in even more specifically narrowed down uh depending on their wording to specifically just new york but i mean the thought of forcing the five or seven states that are currently may issue to a shall issue uh, status would be interesting. I mean, we're talking about two of the more populous states with California and New York alone. I would, uh, you would see in a large increase in permit to carry holders, I think. I would think so. At least a 50% increase. Good feedback. Good feedback. At least. You know what? You got a point in there, Shane. Yes. Good topic. (laughs) Yes. Next story. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Oh. All right. You guys are making this difficult again. Good. Thank you, Shane. Right. All right. The other one. I thought this was just, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting story. Personal defense or self-defense is much easier when the home invaders shoot each other. I saw that. It was great. <laughs> so, uh, shocker, this happened in Chicago where they're so safe with all of their gun control. Um, a 49-year-old man heard a loud disturbance at his front door just after 11 p.m. Uh, when he went to investigate, two masked, armed individuals for, forced their way inside his home. The homeowner was unarmed. He called for help from a couple of other men who were in the basement, and uh, the three of them then fought back against the two home invaders. One of the, yeah, one of the armed intruders fired a couple of shots. One of those shots hit his accomplice. Uh, One of the individuals that was in the house was struck in the arm. Um, If I remember correctly, uh, yeah, the suspect that was shot was shot in the chest and died on the scene. Felony murder. It is felony murder. That's a good point. Uh, Also, like, I mean, yeah, that's making it easy for you, right? I'll I'll take that every time. Um. Thanks for taking one down, guy. 
<laughs> now it's 3v1. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. What's happening? <laughs> somehow, somehow that homeowner is going to get charged with manslaughter in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't have had a home. Why didn't you just give up your stuff? Why did you have to fight? It is your fault. It's like liar, liar. When he's like, oh, the guy fell through a, the window and cut his arm on a knife and he sued for $1,000 or something. Yeah. I would have gotten more. That's what's going to happen. The homeowner should be sued. Uh, I, <laughs> you know what? He makes a, a good point, though. That's something I talk about. You can do everything right. Especially in Minnesota and Chicago, you're still wrong. Yeah. You will go to jail, you will be sued civilly, and you will lose. So, just, you know, give them your <clears throat> Clearly, clearly, how's it go? Uh, clearly, I value my stuff more than you value your life. And, well, uh, I know my stuff. I don't know their life. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, no, clearly you value my stuff more than your life. <sighs> yeah, your insurance is going to get a hit at least. That is not wrong. Oof, that premium's going up. It's a good point, though. Uh, if you don't have it and you carry, or just in general, right, carry insurance, my carry insurance works for a home situation or a outside the home situation. And uh, so one good uh, one good tip my insurance guy told me he says, uh, you know, nine times out of ten when those scenarios happen, people are going after homeowners insurance. So if uh, if you have a lot of guns in the home, it's a good idea to increase your homeowners insurance just for that one scenario because that's the most likely scenario in which you're going to draw your weapon anyways in your own home. That's a good point. Well, and it's pretty damn cheap. I did it and I think it added like 20 bucks a year or something. Nice. I know it's steep, but I think it's worth <laughs> it. That's, a, that's at least five rounds of nine mil right there, man. Taking the gun right out of my hand. <laughs> Well, well, that, just, used be, that used to be the, the joke of the guys that shot those, uh, you know, 5.7 by 28s. It's like, you know, I, I got robbed. I emptied the magazine of the guy and realized it would have been cheaper to hand over the wallet. And now it's any kind of ammunition. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, it got, it got cheap. Now it's expensive again. So no ammo. <laughs> All right. Another. John's got another good point. At the end of the day, there is no winner. You lose. But that's our point. But mostly lose. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. What are you gonna do, right? That was all the stories I had. I told you guys I didn't put a lot of a lot of effort into it. Um. I don't know. I'll share a little personal thing that's going on a good thing uh what did those test results come back yep positive you passed with <laughs> flying colors <boy. laughs> all 98 percent right you're gonna be a mother huh <laughs> i'm pregnant 
Uh, Your sister's um, pregnant. I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Too far. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, I have a 3D printer, right? I make and sell uh, reloading sir. components, <laughs> reloading things, um, things that Easy. I have designed Careful. to <laughs> for reloading. Uh, an individual uh, linked my store in a YouTube video. Um, the video's got quite a few views at this point. I've seen an absolute insane increase uh, to my to my sales, and um, you're quitting. I am. I'm, I'm going to give up my job, my career. <laughs> done. All I'm going to do is sell shit on Etsy from here on out. Well, it's 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 I know a lot of millions. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about that last week. We were like, I, you know, I've seen this big hit. I don't know. Somebody shared me to a Facebook group or something like that. So you, fig you figured it out. Somebody linked you to a YouTube video. Uh, to be fair, I do not sell 3D printed guns. <clears throat> no. Uh, you're you're no. more of a buyer. <laughs> John. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, God dang it. <laughs> they're only listening, not watching, right? <laughs> As AJ, Jim, and Jason are reporting me right now anonymously. I don't know, um, Jason. He looks like he's seizing right now, <laughs> stroking out right here on camera. No, um, no, I've seen an absolute in increase. So I've been messaging some of these people. There are a lot of people that have gotten into the reloading um, world, and and I ask every single one of them the same thing: Where the hell are you getting your primers? Because they're not selling primers right now. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens after this whole, the whole thing. But, um, it is interesting to see a lot more people get into reloading. It sounds like they've been selling a lot of presses. Uh, Dylan's been sold out of parts. Lee's been sold out of parts. Um, so I don't know. It's good. You know, it's finally cheaper to reload nine millimeter. So it's a positive. Okay. Yeah, I reloaded shot shells for a, for a long time, but I mean, Shot cell cases are easy. I just never figured it was worth the effort with, with all the work you have to do for a brass case. But well, if they're going to stay this expensive, it starts to become worth the effort. So, yeah, I don't – yeah, it, it – the problem is is you are you, – you just can't find primers. You can get shells. You can get, you can get bullets. You can get powder even. You just cannot get – primers um, unless you're willing to pay through an arm and a leg for somebody who's sitting on a couple thousand already and just wants to make some money that's why i switched to black powder pistols <laughs> uh back to that no limit on the amount of pistols you can carry <laughs> so you just carry 17 flintlocks it sucks when it rains out but hey other than that gold <laughs> it sucks when it rains out. <laughs> nice it does suck when it rains out. Jim knows what I'm talking about. When he was a little boy, he would carry all the black pistols, power pistols. <laughs> Here you go, Pops. Hope you win. <laughs> oh, boy. AJ's not even paying attention. He fell. First, first guns I ever handled were my dad's work guns. He had a, a 38 if he was flying or a 45 if he was on guard duty, so. That was my introduction to firearms at about age four. Uh, what was it your dad did? 
I was a helicopter pilot in the army. Okay. Fair enough. They give pilots guns. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> pilots are armed. Flight crews all have guns. No, it was and not not to mention the gun that you know was part of the aircraft as well. <laughs> and the, the machine guns and the side doors. And, yeah, it, everybody yeah. was armed and then some. Those were for gunners. No, well, everybody in the aircraft is armed. <laughs> oh. And that was that was before they went to the the Beretta ninety two the M nine. So back then, uh, uh, you know, uh, guard duty was uh, uh, Colt, you know, nineteen eleven, and a uh, uh, a pilot would carry a, a Smith and Wesson thirty eight revolver. Mm. Okay, interesting on the revolver part, but yeah, I did not know that. Well, gentlemen. Probably enough internet shit talking, right? Well, we didn't Talk talk about any favorite gun ranges we like to go to, or not favorite gun ranges we <laughs> don't like to go to. <laughs> just like that. I'm just saying. Uh, so, I really like Stock and Barrel Gun Range. Big fan. Really well, like. I just had a fun experience there last night. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you did. Yeah, why don't you share? I'm uh, sitting at, at, at Stock and Barrel because I like to get there a little early, let the, the, the guy who's in charge of the range know that I'm there to make sure that uh, if they're a little busy that they, they save a spot for me. And then I go you know, sit on the couch and, and just relax for a couple of minutes while I wait for the first student to show up. And there's a guy at the counter, and you know he's just turning the, the gun that he's looking at and pointing at me, and I'm like, dude, 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 please don't point the muzzle of the gun at me like that. And Oh, oh sorry. The employee actually came over a couple minutes later. He's like, man, I'm sorry. I didn't see you sitting over there. I'm like, I mean, I get it. You guys get those guns pointed at you so much that you're immune. And that's a problem because somebody still needs to tell these customers to knock it off every time or they don't learn anything. But it's just sad that a guy at the counter in a gun store is just so immune to having the gun pointed at him. He doesn't even think about it anymore. Well, I mean, but... I hate to say it, they, they view it as part of their job to get guns pointed at them. Their go-to is just to make sure the gun they're handing over is clear, um, which is just the most, you know, they, that's a violation of, of two of the four safety rules, right? Like, always assume every gun is loaded. I mean, and, you know, they everybody does the same thing. They take the gun, they point it, hold the trigger. Like, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 so easily teachable, though. I mean, my daughter's 16 now, and I don't know. I've probably been taking her to gun ranges and gun stores since she was 12, 13. And I mean, she, I, I hand her a gun that, that the clerk has given me, and she like looks and like, okay, what's a safe direction that I can point this from over the sights? I mean, you know, when a young teenager can figure it out. So. John's point. I don't know any ranges around here where they tell you to slow down on firing. There, I mean, they. Uh, I've never had a range officer tell me, but I've definitely heard it mentioned in lobbies when people are checking in to go to the end of the range. You know, no rapid fire. I've heard that plenty of times. Fuck off! I will shoot everywhere. I, I, think, I think if you're hitting the target, they're not going to tell you to slow down. 
Hardingsville, you go to the rifle range, they'll tell you it's got to be slow. But I remember the first time, uh, Jason, when, when you and I first hooked up with the company, we all met out there at Stock and Barrel in Chanhassen, and the uh, range officer giving us a brief, and he says, now remember, no rapid fire without a big smile on your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct. I, yeah, no, screw off with that old FUD BS. Oh, one, one round every minute. FUD? FUD to FUD. Be do you know what a Even that is? term is an old FUD term. Oh, <laughs> wait, which term? BS or FUD? FUD, FUD is. Uh, I'm well, that's just the cat's meow. <laughs> oh, golly gee, boys. You guys are a bunch of bitches. <laughs> hey now, fellas, watch the, the language. There's ladies present. It's funny you say that. There you go, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's bothering the ladies. Uh, yeah. I was uh, now, now if you want to talk about ladies, I was at Stock and Barrel last night at about 7:30. They started a ladies' night. That place got packed. It was fantastic. There were just people all over the place there. It was really nice to see something like that so well attended. Nice. Finally, no good. guys around to tell us how to shoot, and we can shoot, and they shoot better than us anyway. So well, it was it's it was weird. So Jim stayed for an extra four freaking hours. It was, it was some sort of, of regulated thing where each lane had a different gun that the range had provided, so it was a way for them to try a bunch of different ones, and when you wanted to try this one, you went to that lane and so on. And that, Wait, it was, how it do was I get cool. to do that? I gotta, like, I mean, I, you got to go on their guys' night only. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, they'll get sued if that, well, never mind, that was a bar thing around it's here. It's called leather and gunpowder. So. <laughs> nope. Not touching that one. Um, <laughs> that's a different show. That's the after. That's the Twin Cities after show. After dark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where Jim asks you, aren't all chaps assless? <laughs> well, yeah, or they'd be leather pants. <laughs> You know, we get off the rails sometimes, but tonight has been epic. Sometimes? Every time. It's okay. Nobody wants to hear us freaking uh, regurgitate story, uh, news stories from the Bearing Arms or Truth About Guns. So. As long as we have a little fun and tell some stories, right? So... Which is what it is. It's storytelling. That's what people want to hear. So, what Jim needs to get some sights on his rifle. Because I want to hear. I want to. I want to know how you enjoy that one. Well, I, I think ammo is the number one thing he's got to get first. Because you can put a monocle on on a rifle, and that's a sight. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Out of curiosity, do you put that on the stock end or the muzzle end? That's that's for the close shooting. So you turn it forty five degrees. So, oh, it's offset. Okay. But still, is it is it on you, the foreground or no? You have it on a chain that's hooked to your forward grip, and then you. Pop well, it it's, in. I mean, you're. I get that. It's it's it should be on a chain. All right. Yeah. Duh. Are you going to go flying willy nilly? That'd be. Fun. Is there a crosshair in the monocle? Uh, yeah, it's you just got to be real fine. You got to use the merge like the eraser marker, whiteboard marker. And you just whiteboard marker. I don't know what they're called. I don't use that. Fine, you, you might say. 
<laughs> oh my god holy crap AJ check the private chat um I don't even know where to go from there oh sure um so Twin Cities carry it's been doing well the last couple of years 2020 was a record setting year for us um for what is probably obvious reasons at least here in the metro um <laughs> Obvious in hindsight, we sure didn't see it coming. New, new. <laughs> um, we are looking for more instructors. So if anybody's interested, um, although I wouldn't say, you know, experience is completely necessary. It's definitely preferred. We can definitely train on the job, but uh, obviously we want people who have lived the life a bit. So, you know, if you're interested, um, apply. Give us a call. Give us a chat. You can apply on our website. Call Jim 24-7. He'll pick up. Yep. 24-7. Why don't we just go ahead and paste his uh, his cell phone number here at the bottom. <laughs> now that I got it back. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's not a requirement that you have a beard, but it certainly does help. Well, we fired the last guy for not having one, so. Done. <laughs> Going to shave right now. <laughs> Yeah, so we're looking for another instructor. Um, I don't know, it'd be interesting, it'd be fun. So uh, clearly, we're, uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we expect you to be uh, talking shit on the internet. So there's that. Well, I mean, not right away, but we expect you to work up to that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely need some uh, thick skin. So can't say that. Yeah, I don't think you can say that anymore. Yeah. You can't say nothing about skin, bro. You're going to get us canceled, dude. <laughs> really had no clue where you guys were going with that. When were you guys second, canceled? So. Season one. <laughs> At 8.50 on 721. 21. Can't say that. <laughs> yeah, them, probably... thin, them thin skin people. We should probably end it there. <laughs> you don't want to try to make up and reprieve yourself here? Nope, we're done. Oh, I, I have no issues with what I said. All right, guys, it was actually fun. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks uh, with more stories, I guess. So Not good ones. <laughs> you should start well, planning now. I should. No, I really no, should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long have you been part of this company? That's not what we do. <laughs> no. All right, guys, have a good night. Uh, everybody listening, uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe. You can find us um, YouTube, Facebook, any podcast player. Have a good night. We'll talk to everybody in two weeks.